Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Not Without My Sister. Is this Patreon? Don't know. I don't know whether this is Patreon or not, so welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening. So this week I went to the doctor and I thought to myself, after I went to the doctor and they gave me actually no bad news. They examined me. I had my mammogram now that I'm old. I had my annual mammogram and my smear. What age should we have mammograms, like annual mammograms at? Mammograms when you're 40. I'm supposed to have okay, from then on, right? I've got seven years And 45 left. apparently for my colonoscopies. So I, I, it only gets better, right? Can't oh. wait. Yeah, can't wait. I've um, already had a colonoscopy, so maybe I can put it off for a year. Anyway, and uh, my smear or whatever it's called, the other one where you do it like every three years and my annual. Yeah. Set every three years and then my regular just exam every year. It's a lot of maintenance. It is a lot. On this body, like let alone bring in the other four to the dentist. It's a pain in the arse. Anyway, maintenance to look this good. That's right. So anyway, and when I went to the doctor and I said, uh, you know, I have these various issues. They said it might be this and it might be that. And I came home and then I said, no, no. And I said to you the same week, Rosemary, do you think I'm, do you think I'm stressed? And you, no, do you think I'm depressed? And you said... And I said to you the same week, Rosemary, do you think I'm depressed? And you said, no, but like you have a lot of stress at work and you have four kids, so maybe you should be. So all of this culminated to me going, not me going at all, maybe I should do something about it. Do I think I'm depressed? I was like, Rosemary thinks I should be depressed. The doctor thinks maybe I have these issues. I feel very tired and sick all of a sudden. So the the takeaway being... (laughs) Don't ever potentially give me hypothetical diagnoses because I will immediately take them on board and start to feel really unwell. I I would just like to clarify. I think I misspoke. I don't think I really meant to say you should be depressed. I think what I was saying was you have a very stressful job. You have four kids. You're incredibly busy. There's a lot going on. The kids have all been sick. You've been very like stressed. You're not sleeping. So like basically if you were depressed, I feel like you'd be really depressed. You know what I mean? That I was like, you know, like if you were depressed, 
I feel like it's a miracle that you are in such good form a lot of the time. I think you're probably very stressed. A lot of the time. That's my cortisol level, which apparently is not good for weight loss, let me tell you. Oh no, complete, it's a complete barrier. Actually, you know what? Actually, when I was a personal trainer, I think I've mentioned this before, we used to always tell people if they were looking to lose weight, the first thing to sort out would be your sleep, which I know is bad news for you, but like that, that nothing else is going to work if you're not sleeping. So you should start. So listen, don't worry about counting calories. Just start trying to get more sleep for two months. Imagine. What if I what if I take that advice on? Don't start like totally forget about counting calories. Sleep really well, but in the hours that I am awake, <laughs> I'd be having a great time. I well, don't I know that you it would have even that big an appetite. To be honest, not compared to me, you don't. <sighs> anyway, let's not. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, sorry, we're not going not, into that. We're going into. Yeah. Well, so my whole question was okay. Number one, my whole thing was number one. Do not bother giving me any kind of potential diagnosis. Just denial is obviously the path forward to me, but being to me being productive because as long as I'm not thinking about it, I'm fine. I'm soldiering forward. Oh yeah, but once you started thinking about it, then you were you were mired in. Oh my panic. god, I not no not remotely in panic. I just started feeling really sorry for myself. I was like, I am exhausted. Mm. I am this. What what if I do have a fibroid? What if I do this? What? And I immediately was like walking around going, my stomach does feel lumpy. It must be fibroids, right? Then I was looking at the chub in my upper arm going, I don't think there's any fibroids in there. So not sure. Anyway, number one, don't bother misdiagnosing me because I'm just going to immediately start feeling sorry for myself. Number two, should I be in therapy? Should we all be in therapy? All my life I have wondered, you know, I was, I've always fancied the idea of going to therapy. Not so much now, I still have a lot of spare time and I don't know when I would go. And I hate the idea of going virtual, even though I know everybody does it. But like, I just am yeah. sick and tired now of everything being virtual. But all my life, I've been like, I'd love to go. Right. So I'd love to go and talk about myself for ages. And I was like, but I don't really have any problems. You know, I, mean, I had this really happy upbringing. I have nothing to complain about. Is therapy about complaining? I just had this epiphany recently. I was like, maybe I don't need to have anything to complain about. Maybe I could just go to talk about like life and how to yeah. handle it. Well, so that's really interesting because when I... When I was going to therapy, which I mean, I talk about therapy like I was in therapy for a decade, right? I think I went to therapy kind of full time, like once a week for about three years, maybe two years, right? And when I first started going, I used to, every week when therapy rolled around, I would spend the morning in a panic thinking like, what am I going to talk about? Like nothing bad has happened this week. I don't have anything. I don't have any problems like that. I don't have any problems to talk about. But inevitably, the most kind of productive therapy sessions and by productive I mean that I would come out of going that's really interesting I'd never thought about that before and that's given me a new way of thinking about myself or thinking about other people or a new perspective inevitably those would be days that I would just talk about something kind of mundane it wouldn't be like a big problem it wouldn't be this trauma that I felt I had experienced it would literally be so I remember like there was one time where I was like so you know I know I'm like a little bit too sensitive right and she was like my therapist was going well you know why do you think that and I said oh because well, I have this friend who always told me I was really sensitive and this other person, this other person, she said, and are those people you would consider to be very sensitive people? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you know, would you consider them to be very empathic, very intuitive, very, you know, in touch with their emotions? And I said, no, not really. And she said, so, so why are you taking their verdict on your emotional sensitivity as gospel about like who, who you are and what you're like? And it wasn't that I suddenly came out of it. I was like, those people are awful and I'm amazing. I just came out of it going, God, maybe. Because I'd always been going like, I know I'm way too sensitive. I take things way too personally. And after that, I went, maybe I take things just personally enough. No, not quite. But you know what I mean? That I kind of went, God, like it's funny when when people tell you what you're like or, or, or you know, when you have an argument with someone, you kind of forget sometimes like you're, you're, you're like, God, that's a real reflection on me, but it's also a reflection on them. And I think that's what that made me realize. And it wasn't that you know, it was a big problem. I think therapy just gives you the space to kind of talk through 
situations and events and things that might be on your mind. But obviously, you know what, like aside from anything else, should everyone be in therapy? Like it's such a massive privilege and it shouldn't be because it's so expensive in Ireland. It's so expensive here. I think even if your insurance covers it here, there's going to be a copay. Like it's not accessible to everyone. Well, there's also massive wait lists. There's, I mean, there are massive I wait mean, lists in Ireland if you go publicly, if you go but privately, especially it's now. expensive. But especially yeah. now, I'm sure even in, I'm sure even privately, there are massive wait lists yeah. in Ireland because of the pandemic. And when I went to... I must put her name in the notes. When I went to IU, there was an associate professor there doing a quick workshop, a short workshop, 45 minutes about, I think I talked about this before, about the labels that we put on people. And she started out saying, how would you describe a powerful executive, a powerful male executive? And then how do you describe women? And the word clouds were very interesting. You know, and yeah. one was, I think I already mentioned this. And the male one, you can imagine like powerful, confident, etc. And then the women's ones were caring, nurturing, and they were all these ings. Anyway, and she talked about, she showed a, a a graphic of oppression throughout the pandemic and how women back at work and allegedly post-pandemic mental health has taken a 30% nosedive, right? Oh, that's interesting. About 30 basis points, right? Or 300 basis points. Meanwhile, men's stress levels of the men surveyed, you know, and I think, mm-hmm. like, I think, I think this was a national survey was that they felt they were now kind of back to pre-pandemic times. So I thought that was kind of interesting for whatever reason that women's mental health definitely suffered a larger decline. Well, because the women, I mean, not in every case, right? No, but, obviously like, not in every case. But I think in a lot of cases, women took on the burden of homeschooling. But I also think that women and... are much make up a much larger portion of the of the, the workers who are considered to be non-essential. No, oh, essential. considered to be essential. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get you. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that a lot of the people who suffer through teaching, Same. nursing, you know, even any of the like frontline workers, even people, care workers. Yeah, care, but even people yeah. in like supermarkets, any yeah, of service these, jobs. Yeah, are much more likely low, lower paying yeah. service jobs tend to be women more predominantly female. Yeah. So I thought that was, you know, very telling in and of itself. But to go back to your initial comment, they, they do also say like your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. So, you know, what, when you talk about being sensitive, I would say as a sensitive person, you are very sensitive. I blame that. I can I'd say I blame him or I credit him with it, right? Yeah. With teaching us that it's okay to have meltdowns. It's okay to scream and have temper tantrums. It's okay <laughs> to be incredibly touchy. <laughs> Poor dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> he doesn't do the temper tantrums that often. But, you know, being a bit touchy might run in the family. But they do say, you know, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness at the same time. So where your empathy might be a great tool that you can use to relate to other people or in the workplace or in, you know, obviously in your own personal life or with kids or whatever. But at the same time, it is that you do then get people saying, oh, you're very sensitive or you're over, yeah. you're overthinking it or you're dwelling on this. Just let it go. You know, it's not a big deal. Like that expression, like waters of water off a duck's back. You know, that's Sticks definitely not. Sticks and stones may break me. your bones, but words will never hurt you. Who like, made please. that up? Like who made that up? Total lies that we also, fed to kids. Also, sticks and stones. You rarely break a bone from a stick or a stone. It depends on the size of the stick. Well, I true, mean, the yeah. stone. The stone. Size matters when it comes to sticks and stones. I went to a talk this week in the Allen County Public Library downtown. Second largest genealogy department in the United States. Yeah, Second largest Salt Lake City. Must go and check it out. But there was a talk by Ashley Ford, who's a Fort Wayne author, who wrote a memoir called Somebody's Daughter. And she's younger than me, so I'm very jealous of her. But also, she seems, I mean, I want her to be my best friend, but I'm also very jealous. But anyway. I'm a very jealous person, as as my mother's told me over and over again. Strength and a weakness. I talked about that in therapy as well. Um, but she was talking about how she went to her very first therapy session two days after her 18th birthday. And she was saying because her mom would never have given her permission or would never have paid for her to go. And she had to get her mom's permission under the age of 18. She was saying that in her community, therapy is something that's really not seen as 
the dumb thing. It's really kind of seen as, you know, like a weakness or just like you don't air your dirty laundry with strangers kind of thing. And she was talking about how she's since spent, I mean, what, she's 34 now and she seemed to be saying she's pretty much consistently in therapy since then. And it was just really interesting kind of hearing her talk about the therapy for her was the first time that she got to talk to somebody and not necessarily, what was she saying? That it was just really important for her that she got to, spoke, got to speak to somebody who for the first time in her life she felt like listened to her and believed her. Because, you know, when you talk to your friends, you know, like when you talk about a problem you're having, like a lot of the time they'll be like, ah, no, like that person didn't mean that or blah, blah, blah. Whereas when you talk to a therapist, they, in my experience, take what you're saying as in that's how you perceived, you know, like we used to joke about that's your truth, but that's how you perceived that moment. That's how you perceived that event. And they will help you go, maybe that person meant it like X, Y, Z. Or do you think that person's intentions were good or bad? You know what I mean? Yeah, but also haven't we all been trained a little bit? I mean, a large bit. I don't think that it's that people don't believe you. It's more that they assume if you're telling it to them that it's their job to make you feel better. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you want them to solve the problem. Yeah, whereas like, with, same with kids. You know, you're told like that if your kid comes to you with problems, you're not supposed to say, oh, sure, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Or, or you know, yeah. here's what you should do. It's more like, well, what do you think? What What are you thinking? How does it make you feel? And I mean, honestly, with my kids, by the time I get to the first question, they're They've like, left the room. Yeah, they're like, bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually thinking about this the other day when, when Atlas had his vaccinations this week and his he brothers... He can talk? No. Oh. And his brothers were asking me, you know, how did it go? Did he cry? And I said, oh, he was very good. He only cried for a minute. And then I kind of went, why am I saying he's good? Because, you know, as in he still would have been good if he'd cried for ages. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking about those kind of moments that we... Like with kids as well, like when, when Finn and William get upset, sometimes we're like, oh, don't be ridiculous. Instead of going, I know you're upset right now. But no, I don't do that. I say, I know you're upset. Sorry, you're upset. I genuinely do because I've, I mean, yesterday when Chance fell on his knee and roared, roared. Now, yeah, this was more a pain versus an emotional pain. Yeah, yeah. And he roared. I gave him, like a great parent, I immediately rocked up to the fridge, got him the four Irish Maltesers, brought them over, said, here, eat these. You'll be fine. Very Philip McCabe. I mean, Philip McCabe would have been a can of Coke. Excellent parenting. Can of full fat but Coke. But I didn't tell him go. he shouldn't be crying. I just, actually, distraction. That's I, the path. I uh, told you about this very vivid memory I have of falling down the stairs at home, like the concrete stairs. I'm, I'm sure I didn't fall down very I don't many times. I fell down those stairs. Not, no, I think I fell down about four. I'm hours, definitely not your therapist. I'm like, I don't think that happened. Yeah, <laughs> gaslighting. But in my memory, I fell down and landed at the bottom, and Dad's hand disembodied hand produced a can of coke from around the corner like I don't even remember seeing his face I don't remember him saying a word I remember landing at the bottom screaming crying and this can of coke coming in from from right of stage in front of my face this is a whole new ad campaign for coke <laughs> oh my god Bo sorry your son Bo says to me yesterday look at this this is what a coke head does and he takes a huge slurp of coke and goes ah, a coke head <laughs> And I said, that's not what a cokehead is. And he said, well, you know, from the ads. I was like, oh, yeah, OK. Absolute <laughs> gobber. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, you know, it's interesting, though, because I've talked about going to... When you lived here, you talked about therapy a lot with my kids because it, it was in the middle of the pandemic. It was mm-hmm. actually at the beginning of the pandemic. And recently, you know, as they're getting older and I have an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old now, we've been talking about, you know, should we bring them... Should we bring them to talk to somebody who's not us? Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you also don't want to say to your kids, you have a problem, right? Yeah. Like, there's anything wrong with you that you have problems. It's more about, do you want to go to... Talk to somebody who's not me that you could talk. What will I talk about? This thing, like, what would I talk about? There's nothing wrong with me, mom. There's a massive stigma, even at mm-hmm. that age, yeah. to therapy. And, you know, I certainly don't want to be using it as a threat. But like recently, I had a, a moment with one of my kids. And at the end, I said, like, I really think we should go and talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong with me, you know? And I was like, this is, how did it become that therapy is is like, not considered it, to your point it is a privilege but the kids don't see it as a privilege they see it as a threat as a punishment you yeah, know I was like, yeah. it's absolutely not what I'm trying to do I'm trying to bring my kid to develop coping techniques because life's hard you know yeah. And, well yeah I, I was going to say it's also very much viewed as like the solution to a big problem rather than being preventative or being about management or coping you know what I mean that we often see it like if you get to the point where you need therapy instead of like Let's go to therapy so we don't get to that point. Do you know what I mean? Which, like, again, is a very privileged viewpoint. But I think in, like, in an ideal world, I think everybody would have some form of therapy, whether that is going to an actual therapist or just having somebody in your life who maybe is trained or is just very attuned to kind of like very emotionally intelligent, who can literally listen to the words you're saying and not kind of bat back. Do you know what I mean? That like everybody needs a sounding board. Yeah, but like how interesting is that for the other person? Obviously, I'm not that person. Oh my God, not interesting. And also like I have to say, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who was saying that they suffer from anxiety and they were saying that one of their very close friends has lately started to suffer from, I think, mild depression. I think maybe seasonal depression. I'm not really sure. And they were saying they found it really, really hard to cope with because they were like, I'm used to being the one who isn't like I'm used to being the one who has the problems and who can talk about their problems. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not able to listen to other people's problems. Yeah. And I remember when I, I was dating a guy for a while who went through a just kind of difficult phase. I think one of his friends died and he was just really struggling with a load of different things. And I found it really like I felt all at sea. I didn't know what to, 
what to do. And I felt really panicked, like, and, and, and really bad that I kind of was going, oh my God, I've been expecting you to be able to help me all this time. And actually I have no idea, like I have no skills or no capability of doing the same for you. But you know, I actually dated a guy for a while who, when we finally broke up, I was like, you know, you've never once asked me, like, how are you, how did your day go? How's your week been? And he went, yeah, but I mean, I don't ask anybody that because I just can't take on other people's shit. Oh my God, this guy's amazing. Talk um, about knowing your boundaries. I mean, definitely, but he could have told me that at the very beginning. Well, my thought back to me, because I wasn't finished talking. Sorry. But thanks for like the great example of you're a great listener. I realized, though, after I had these conversations with my kids and it became in their minds a punishment and something to be avoided at all costs and something that, to your point, was supposed to be solving a major personality defect of theirs. I realized, though, that it might be more beneficial to go with them. And to talk together about like, here are, how do we improve our communication? How do we improve coping skills? Because one of the things that we did, so we did go to one session just as like an exploratory thing. And I found it helpful already because one of the, you know, and you read it in books, but hearing it from somebody and having your child hear it too is different to you mm -hmm. reading it in a book yeah, and yeah. then trying to inflict this or like, you know, impact the relationship. And what, you know, what this therapist said was, and actually I, I shared it with you today because one of my kids was throwing stuff directly at you because he's so well behaved and and you were kind of saying, stop, stop. And it, and what the therapist said was at that moment, they can't hear you. They can't like they are up to 90. They have no ability to control it, to wind it back, to calm down in the moment. They need to be left alone to calm down with like they need to be basically like a baby. You know, they need yeah. to be removed from the situation because they are still babies. And so by saying you go in there and calm down and when you're calmed down, we'll talk about it. Because and then Don was complaining. Well, not complaining. Don was like concerned that. He was like, but then, you know, because the other thing is then they don't have great memories. Yeah. So they come back 25 minutes later. You're like, now let's talk about that thing. And to them, they're like, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. What you thing? Know? Yeah. So how do you correct the behavior or like even a, a talk about the behavior? Because they're totally now over it, moved on, bored, don't want to hear about it. And then, I mean, also, they're not great at understanding this idea of accountability. You know, yeah. everything is I, I, I hit them because they did this. OK, but you didn't have to hit them. Like, what else could you have done? And I know, yeah. it's, and, you know, I'm even boring myself, like talking about it. But it's really hard to understand how to train, how to give the kids the tools that they're going to need in life, because like you don't want them, you know, escaping the house. And especially, I think, with the added pressure of the what, the, you know, the lack of socialization throughout mm -hmm, the pandemic, yeah, like the two, two years, years of just life being bizarre yeah totally and, and like two years at eight is 25 percent of your life like yeah and yeah. probably a third of the life where you're actually yeah or even 50 percent of the life that you actually remember we, yeah you know that you're actually mm -hmm. able to talk and able to interact and yeah. yeah it's hard isn't it so anyway i think you know I, i'd be interested to know if anybody out there has done therapy with their kids has has their kids and like what have they found to be helpful and what you know is it do you go with them or do you send them by themselves because I, I mean there's also the benefit of like having somebody to talk to who's not you in the room yeah without yeah. you in the room so or yeah. do you go every now and then with them you know i'd love to know because I, I do think it would be something that i i should follow up on this is really making me think as well you know what i think would be beneficial for your kids and for my kids is to think that we're going or to know that we're going do you know what i mean isn't mm -hmm. like i keep thinking i should find a therapist because i'm like i'm i'm doing really well at the moment i'm on medication that's working really well for me but i'm also like you know what maybe Maybe I'd want to taper down that medication at some point. Maybe I'd want to, I mean, maybe I want to stay on it, but like I did think therapy was very beneficial for me. So I would like to go back to it. But I wonder if if you came home, say, every Tuesday, even if you're not, like, even if you can't find space in your calendar to go to therapy, right? I mean, Brandon's very against lying to his kids. I think lying is okay sometimes. Could you come home every, like, could you come home and go, I've decided to start going to therapy every Tuesday? 
just so that I have someone to talk to, right? And every Tuesday you come home and you're like, oh yeah, I was at therapy today. And when they say, what did you talk about? You could say, well, I don't really want to discuss that outside therapy so that they know that they don't have to discuss theirs. And so that they know that you don't have a problem, but you go. And so that they know that this is something that you do every week for you. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that any therapist listening is literally terrible idea. It's just to go and do not lie about going to therapy because you're because also then all your bad behavior is at the feet of this. Oh my God, then you can be like, my therapist says this is fine. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I, I think there is a benefit to going and saying that you're going, but I think you have to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like basically the advantage I'm thinking of is that your, your kids know that you're going, your kids know that you like, know that you have sent yourself. So it's not a punishment. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not but the only, the only reason I, th- I started thinking about like, I should go with my child or I should go like really actively go versus I should go for myself. I should go for my child. I was like, because it's not a one way street, you know, a child behaving in any way that you don't like that you think is unacceptable or displaying any temper tantrum or just, you know, fighting or throwing things or acting out is they've not, seen you throwing things. No, no, I'm more mean it's not in isolation. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's part of a family dynamic. Yeah. So there's no point in this child, in my opinion, going and learning. And I'm sure there are situations in which the child should go to therapy and the child should learn like there are different scenarios. But like what I'm talking about is more a communication thing. And it's not just yeah. one of my children. It's me and Don and the child. Like we have to learn to yeah. communicate with each yeah. other in a way that everybody's and like, and we are the adults. So actually, maybe we're the ones who should go before we send our child. Do you know what I mean? And w- like, would you go, do you think? Or like, do you have any intention of going? Yeah, yeah. Or? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I mean, and I have a I have a connection. And I have a, like a, a referral. A, no, no, I'm, I went to that first session and now I have to go and follow. No, no, but I mean for you. Yeah, it, this would be the same thing. Oh, so I think like, you know, we have to, we're not perfect parents. It's like yeah. when we're perfect parents, then we could send our kids and say, now, you know, fit fit it fit within this framework. Or like we have a good framework. Let's build on this framework with you, kind of thing, not fit within it. All this like only stemmed from once I started thinking about sending my child and having the conversations with 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 them, that it became like, oh, you really have to kind of step back and question yourself first. Like mm. what am I trying to and it was really about giving the the tools to cope, but like am I giving you tools to cope with me? Well then I should be fixing whatever I'm doing that's not helpful yeah, first. Yeah. You know? Have you ever Gosh, gone to group therapy or like couples so therapy? Fraught, isn't it? No. I actually talked, I mean, Brandon and I talked about going to couples therapy because I know that it's something that he had done. So Brandon was married before and I know that he had gone to couples therapy or they had gone to couples therapy and it's something that he really felt was really beneficial. And, mm. you know, I like I know he's kind of said to me before that he thinks every couple should go to couples therapy, but he's never actually said to me, let's go to couples therapy. So maybe he thinks mm. every couple accept us. But uh, no, no, no. He doesn't like it's definitely something that I would be open to. And I think maybe when the baby gets a little bit bigger and we're actually, you know what, when William gets a little bit bigger and can mind his brothers, I think mm-hmm. it would be something that we'd look into. Because at the moment, true. it's just like, how do you get a babysitter? You know what I mean? Hello? Like, if, Hello? If the two, well, yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, it's hard. Like, because therapy. They sound like if I'm a therapist listening, I, I feel like these are excuses. excuses. No, but, you know, therapy is often within the hours of what, like 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. when you're at work, when, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to kind of. You could happily go. Well, okay. yeah. you, you should go. You should go. I feel like you should go and then tell me how it was. <laughs> for couples therapy or for individual? For couples therapy and then tell me how it was. I'd like to go for individual therapy. Okay, do whatever first, you I want think. and then tell and me how it is. It's expensive. I mean, if I was going to go to individual and couples, it's such a lot of money. You should be in therapy all the time. Maybe go every second week. Oh, yeah, you'd be wrecked. I was actually thinking of emailing my Irish therapist to see if I could do remote because I really like her. But I just hate the idea of doing remote. I had a friend who went to therapy but found, and like you said, found the prep like dr- 
literally the day of going, would dread it oh, same, all yeah. day and then would leave and be just so drained. Yeah. So same. this entire day was a yeah. very emotionally fraught day. I mean, I'm not sure that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, I used to experience that a lot when I'd be basically like, especially when I was in the height of when I was feeling very down and I was really struggling with kind of a load of different things, work and not, not so much work as much as fi- like fe- feeling like I had no purpose, if you know what I mean, which was tied to work, but also tied to life and relationships and all this. And I was really having having a hard time. And I remember, yeah, the day before going, I would feel, oh my God, I've talked about this, I've talked about this. And I was so, like, I couldn't do anything else for the morning because I'd be like waiting to go to therapy. And then I would basically cry my way through the entire 45 minutes and I would come out bleary eyed and blinking into the sun like a mole. Like, and I would just have the worst headache for the rest of the day. All I could do was like eat Indian takeaway and watch Netflix. Sounds like every other day in fairness. I was, yeah, well, that's bitchy. I mean, I don't know. Like what I want, the kind of therapist I want is the one who's going to go here. Lay out your top three problems. Okay, let's talk through them. Here's some solutions. You're amazing. You're doing really well. You're getting all, you're, 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 you're doing everything you can you do. You just want a go life home. coach. Do you not already have a life coach? Oh, yeah, they don't tell me any of that stuff. Or maybe you want a CBT. I feel like CBT is quite good for going here are like actionable steps like CBT's cognitive behavioral therapy. Here are actionable steps you can take to help you cope with X problem or Y problem. Here are different ways you can talk about this. The next time this happens, this is what you should do. You know what I mean? I mean, I just want to leave like on cloud nine, bouncing out of there on cloud nine. You so want like, to go for a massage is, <laughs> is, is, is what you want. You know, actually, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to get a, a, a grasp on this sleep and some massage. And sleep and a nice massage therapist once a week. I That's mean, J-Lo says it's all about the bubble baths. J-Lo, in her newsletter this week, announced that she was proposed to by her sweet love, Ben Affleck. I would never think of him as sweet. Anyway, he was, she was proposed to by her sweet love in her favourite place in the world, in a bubble bath. How romantic. I can't imagine. Do you think J-Lo has no makeup on in the bubble bath? Or do you think she has her full face of makeup on? I'd say she looks great regardless. Oh, it's actually depressingly true. I'd say she has four million now, like, sorry, all total hy- hypothetical. What's her bubble bath like? No idea. I'd say if she's anything like Liv Tyler, who said she she loves that, like, two hours a day that she dedicates to her bubble bath, 6 p.m. to whatever time, she lights all the candles. Two hours be fucking freezing by the end. <sighs> Keep topping it up. Does right? she have, no, no, listen, they probably have some kind of element in it, like a kettle that keeps it warm. Rich people, bitches. Well... Regardless, they spend a lot of time in there. You'd be very pruny. I always find like after the first oh, couple of minutes, point. I have to keep my hands out of the bath. You know why that happens? Tell us, Rosemary. Oh, I will tell you. So when when you're in water, your your fingers go all pruny to help with your grip. If you need to grip anything underwater. Like really? It's a, yeah. Like mermaids? Yeah. That's good, isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah. Is that now a true story? Yeah. I'm, well, I, and now that I've said it, of course, I'm dead. I'm like, is that true? <laughs> no, I'm 99.9% that sure that's true. Hmm. Not like the cows and the coconut. What milk. am I supposed to be gripping underwater? This, this, you need to is... try and pick up a shell or like... I bet you this is some kind of like skill that was injected into women by men. To grip the willy? Uh-huh. Did you mean? have to say that? Did you? Well, Could it not be left to the imagination? I thought you were just like, because the men are sending the women out fishing. Or also they were like, you could grip all the plates under the in the sink when you're doing the washing up. <laughs> why did you, handy for why like did your gripping mind... a spoon yeah. out of the out of the <laughs> Did your mind not disposal? go there first? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was the gesture you were making with your hand. I made no you made gesture. A, a don't. crude gesture. Mom, dad, she did. She I, did it. You're such a brat. I absolutely <laughs> did not. Let me put this down now. Finger gripping. I'm not sure about I this. I also don't think that would be very nice. If if anybody out there has given a wank in a pool, can you let us know like what the fingers Rosemary. felt like? 
Mother of God. Say anyway, better out of the pool. Back to, back to J-Lo. <laughs> I, I actually have to say that I highly doubt J-Lo's fingers prune up in the bath. Do you think they were both in the bath together? I don't care. Okay. Do you remember that time I tried to have the bath and my ex got stuck? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Genuinely thought we were really stuck in that How French bath for ages. I don't think he was stuck, only you were. No, no, no the two of us, we were, it was honestly like, you know, those suckers. It was like, like all the water had gone out of the bath and we'd just become like suckered, vacuumed to the, to the edge of it and to each other. <sighs> Sounds very romantic. Maybe that's what happened with J-Lo. And then not sexy. And her bitches. sweet love was just like, I can't get, I'm, I'm trapped forever. We might as well get married. I actually can't remember the last time I did anything that I considered even remotely sexy. Did you did you consider that sexy when you I were did. suckered in the bath? That's what I'm saying. It was so unsexy. I thought it was going to be sexy and it wasn't. And I'm like, I can't remember the last time I successfully. I have to say, I don't sexy. find I don't find group bathing sexy. Group? There's only two of us. Yeah, but like small group bathing, I don't find it sexy. Mainly <laughs> because tandem bathing. Mainly because the minute I get in the bath, at least three other people. Not grown-ups who want to get in the bathroom. I thought you were going to say, you need to do a wee. What? What is it? get in the bath, I need to go to the bathroom. How has this conversation... That's because you're drinking all these Diet Cokes in the bath. Maybe you should stop. I I love a Diet Coke in the bath. No, gross. So anyway, he proposed to her. I I can't even... I don't even know where we came from. You were talking about CBT. Yeah. Yeah, CBT. You should go for CBT to give you actionable stuff. No, sorry. And then we're saying you just need to go for a massage. Oh, yeah. Massage... You've put me off the bubble bath now. A massage, a shower. Showers aren't the same. A massage and a sauna, maybe. I don't know. I get really I hot in like sauna. Have, well, I really like a sauna, but I think I would just genuinely really like a sauna in my house. Shared saunas are always a bit... Who's uh, been sitting here before me? You know what I mean? You heard that story with me and the... Whatever it was. That, like, itchy mites. From, oh. that, from that hot tub. Oh, gross. Yeah, a sauna would be nice. Maybe we should put one in the garage. I mean... In the, like, you've just made space in the garage. It's only going to be there for about two weeks. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to do that. We but have, yeah. What about the sauna we have back in Ireland, in our house in Ireland? What about the sauna that Dad built? Dad was very ambitious building in the house. Yeah, the sauna that Dad built is basically a room in the plans of the house that says sauna. Could be a sauna. does not for, resemble a sauna. For some lucky it's person in the future, room. could be a sauna. I know. If you'd like to buy our parents' house, please drop us an email. Come here, come here. If you'd like to buy our parents' house, uh, please drop us an email. Well, apparently, you know, it was in that TV show that I don't know the name of, that I've never seen it. About architecture. Yeah, that I'd really oh, yeah. like to see that mom keeps threatening to get a copy of and I haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah. There are several things that we need to try and get from RTE. Yeah. A copy of that, a copy of dad rolling over the back under the <laughs> airplane at the flug tag. <laughs> I know. Dad, you do Poor dad. I wonder what dad would talk about in therapy. Imagine imagine if we bought dad like 10 therapy Oh, I'm telling you, he'd be talking about his... made him go. He'd be talking about his gyrocopter. I, sh- I shouldn't be here. I should be building my gyrocopter. Time better spent. They'd be going... <laughs> he'd go like, I often wonder, blah, blah, and they'd go, what makes you think that? Oh, listen, no, I don't think that deeply about these yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say dad would be like, this is... He'd be like, this is... Dad is like that book that I read, the one about... The one that I only realised afterwards was actually like a play on words. What was the one? Saigon? Saigon. Thanks, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Sai, S-I-G-H. So yeah, I get that, Beatrice. <laughs> I was writing it down. What would so gone be a play on? What, what word is it playing that's on? That's why when I wrote it down, I was like, this doesn't make sense. You heard my confusion. <laughs> Saigon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, and in that, they talk about how stuff just happens and... There is no terminology. There's no true 
vocabulary. There are no words to describe regret because it's a useless emotion. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and like, what can you do about it? So why do you bother? You have to keep moving forward, you know? And I think that would be dad. It'd be like, yeah. well, what's the point, what's the point about of this? talking about this? Because it's happened and it's done and we learned our lessons or we didn't and we moved on. I'd love, I'd love to see mom in therapy. Imagine. Now, what do you think? I'm sure I don't remember. Have no, I, I never said that. No, 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 no. You, you hit on it earlier on when you said it's more about not not sharing that stuff with the neighbours, like not airing the dirty laundry. Mom oh, be like, yeah. oh yeah, no, no, sure, it was all fine. It was all great. Every everybody was lovely. There wasn't everybody got on like a house on fire. How was Christmas when your when your relatives were all fighting? Rosemary was mentioning fine. fighting. Nobody was fighting. Oh, listen, was she just, has a vivid imagination. Sure, that was just a joke. That was a laugh. <laughs> Everybody was best friends. Rosemary, Rosemary misunderstands these things. She really blows it out of proportion. She's very immature. <laughs> but you know what? In conclusion, it's not that I think everybody should go to therapy. It's that I think therapy is a really helpful tool that everybody could get use from. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, I, I'm sure there are people who can, you know, there are lots of people who can go through their entire lives and be perfectly happy, like perfectly contented and, you know, fully functional. Like, like there are some of us who, for for whom therapy really helps them to function and cope with life. There are others who don't need it in the same way. But I think everybody could get value out of it. Well, I think what I realized recently is that it's not about like having problems that are going to be solved because therapy is not necessarily going to solve them. It's more about going into because life's hard. And it's like talking yeah. about the shit that you go through and maybe you'll have you'll learn something and maybe you'll find something helpful you know, to take away from it. But it's more just about acknowledging the challenges that we all face. Like I realized I was I was like when you said you're stressed and you have these kids and mm. works hard. And I was going, you know, I just went through a pandemic and, you know, people are struggling. And I was like, this is all true. I don't I think I'm waiting to have like the big I, I need to be I, I'm getting a divorce. So yeah, I will go yeah. to therapy or something, you know, a big event happens. Yeah, or I'm really sick or somebody's sick or something yeah. like touch wood. You Whereas know. like life's going to be hard and all these things are going to inevitably happen. Not the divorce necessarily or somebody's, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but people, know are, people die and people get sick and we all have to deal with it and still turn up to work and still turn up for our families mm. and might as well learn these tools now. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think for everybody, like we've all lived through the last two, three years and it has been a huge upheaval and a huge trauma and it's worth not underestimating that. And not underestimating the impact that that will have had on our lives and our relationships and our careers. And if if you're somebody who's been thinking about like, oh, I'm thinking maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I would say just give it a try. Thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can get us on Instagram at Not Without My Sister. You can email us notwithoutmysis at gmail.com. We're on Instagram individually at Rosemary McCabe and at Beatrice McCabe. And our website notwithoutmysis.com is now updated by moi. We would really appreciate it as well. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support us, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister for $5 a month. You can sign up and get an extra episode each and every Friday and you'll get your main episode a day early and completely ad-free. And thank you all so much. Anybody who was a new patron in the month of March, your patronage went directly to help people in Ukraine via global giving. So it's $5 a month to sign up to our Patreon. We got 87 new patrons in March we doubled your patronage, so we donated 870 and then we actually just rounded it up to 1000 So we, we donated $1,000 in March to the Global Giving Fund for Ukraine. I think it was specifically to help children and women who were, who were fleeing from the conflict. So thank you all so much, anybody who signed up in March. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen.
Not Without My Sister is a proud member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, the Dublin Story Slam podcast. You can find them all over at thewarren.ie. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 